0: Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. We've made it. We're here. Friday's here. We're already through one game of football. It was ugly. It was gross. I didn't watch a lick of it. Not a big preseason football guy. And we're not going to be talking about Steelers Cowboys. Don't you worry. What we are going to talk about today is we're going to talk about can sports fans ever be happy in the social media era? Little take on Bucks fans' anger uh, post championship, which is a wild thing to say in a sentence, but it's true. Uh, we'll also rank the unhappiest or the fans who think they know more than the organization um, because I think it's worth talking about with kind of what's going on with the Bucks and just you know Rogers stuff everything we'll get into it um, these are you know Wisconsin sports teams of course because we are a Wisconsin-based podcast um, we'll also talk about the Giants and why and how the San Francisco Giants got here and the matchup with the Brewers, what the Brewers have to watch out for, how much can you take out of one series, and where where we go from there. We'll also chat about a little training camp stuff, just family night, like why it's not that important, and you can't take it too seriously, but also it's worth probably flipping on if you're not doing anything Saturday night. So we'll, we'll get into all of that today, excited for this show, but let's start with happiness. And usually on Fridays, you're feeling good. You're feeling great. You're looking forward to that first beer. You're looking forward to not thinking about work for a couple of days. I know I know the feeling. I, I usually have that exact feeling uh, with work. I'm fortunate to have a half day today, which is great. Like I get the afternoon off, I get to chill. I know the weather's not gonna be great, but still like that's that's a great feeling for me. And we're you're happy. Now as sports fans though, I don't feel like sports fans are ever happy anymore, and I, this kind of makes me sound like Andy Rooney. Um, if you're a dated reference, but 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney was like he'd always have these weird sort of monologues about different things in life, and it, he had a weird, he had kind of a voice like this. He'd be like, "Why aren't anybody happy anymore?" I had that 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 was a bad impression, but. So you get it. And if you have, you don't know who Andy Rooney is because you're too young or you don't understand, just fucking YouTube it, okay? But here's the thing. I'm wondering why sports fans are never happy anymore. Why can't sports fans be happy for, I don't know, a, a year, two years? We talked about Bill Simmons' you know, championship window where he said five years, you can't really complain about anything. I think it needs to be shortened to about three now in the social media era. Just the Philadelphia Eagles are defying expectations because the Eagles right now are looking like a team who could be four and tw- four and thirteen next year. I got it. Did not do four and twelve. Uh, seventeen game seasons gonna throw me off. I've, I've already got two two in the books where I'm, I'm getting used to that that seventeen game schedule. So your boy your boy's figuring shit out. No big deal the fact of the matter is is like no one just can relish in the moment everyone's thinking about the next one and i i understand being addicted to winning is nothing new it's like you know you're getting your fix from walter white you're like i have to win like i have to keep winning i need this team to be successful but there's still that time where you take a step back and you say we won a championship and so I think with all the complaining about the Bucks off season, it's fucking ridiculous. I know I ranted about this yesterday, but it, it's an extension because everybody was up in arms about George Hill getting $8 million and having two years guaranteed. Yeah, it's a little expensive for George Hill, okay? It's not what I would have done. I would have probably preferred George Hill on the veteran minimum. So you could go after somebody else. But that to me is a sign that the Bucs don't feel like anybody else is coming to Milwaukee. And the, what the Bucks are up against, unfortunately, even though they won a championship, is that the Los Angeles Lakers are gunning for a championship. They're bringing everybody in. The Brooklyn Nets also gunning for a championship. Two major markets. You get to live in L.A. or New York. Most guys are going to take that, even though taxes is kind of a bitch. But they don't care. They don't care about that shit. Some do, but not a lot. And then also, there's Miami down there lurking. Oh, I can go live tax free in Florida and go party and go hang out at eleven on my off nights. All right, that sounds cool. Like, unfortunately, Milwaukee's up against the fact that they are not a vacation destination. And while Giannis has guys, he's not he he has to do a little bit better job of like politicking and things like that for the long run. Like, there need Giannis needs to kind of have guys. And unfortunately, LeBron does, and Kevin Durant does. And and while we love the fact that Giannis goes against the AAU grain, unfortunately in free agency, it makes it a lot tougher. So it's okay that the Bucks have had maybe not the offseason everybody expected. It's fine. And yeah, I know it starts with PJ Tucker. We already talked about PJ Tucker yesterday, so I don't need to go any further into PJ Tucker. I know I'm gonna save those receipts though, and if I'm and when I'm right about it in February, I'm gonna come back and get at get after everybody's ass. But yes, there is a addiction, I guess, to not be happy, to not be satisfied, and if you are satisfied, you're somehow painted as a loser, and that you're like, well, this is how we'll get to a next 50 years, and how we won't win a championship again for 50 years. Who do, first of all, who knows, right? like championships are extremely hard to win i say this all the time with green bay the green bay packers we'll talk about here in a second um that the green bay pack it's extremely hard to win a championship yet people do not necessarily understand that no matter how hard how many times i have to tell them it's really fucking hard to win a super bowl they just don't believe you and it's not like media members, and I know I'm going to use Bill Simmons again, but it, it's not like media members are, and Kevin O'Connor for that matter, me, that are saying, okay, this Bucks team took a step back. No one's saying that. That's not coming out of like the free agency headlines in quotations. They're saying the Nets, Bucks, and Lakers are the three best teams in basketball, and then there is a drop-off. That is the established theory from people who know basketball. So, if Kevin O'Connor, who's very bright and I have issues with at times, but if he's saying that, then I'm not going to freak the fuck out about what the Bucs have done this offseason. I saw someone on Reddit's like, they expect Jordan Nora to take a jump. Yeah, what if Jordan Nora becomes, and I thought about this, and I, I think no one's talking about that, but like, what if Jordan Nora becomes like a legit rotational guy? What's stopping Jordan Nora? He has the offense to be a complete Cam Johnson like you know, flamethrower and then just have to get a little bit better defensively. And if that defense comes with it, like Jordan Noor is going to be a legitimate threat for the Bucks off the bench. That changes everything. That changes everything about their offseason. It changes everything about who the Bucs are. It probably makes the Bucks better than they were last year, even with P.J. Tucker. And Jeff Teague will throw him in there. So that's where I'm like, Sometimes the happiness, you don't even have to be happy. You just have to be patient. And you just have to wait and see. And I understand in the world of so the immediacy, in the world of instant gratification, where we hear everything and we get everything rapidly quick, where if we need something from Amazon, we can get it in a fucking day, okay? That you have to just be patient sometimes. So you don't even have to be happy. All right? Like I know what I said and I my intro will be still about happiness. But you don't necessarily even have to be happy. You just have to be patient. You just have to wait and see what is coming up. What is the final destination? And once you see it, then if it doesn't work out, yeah, you can be a little angry, you'll be pissed off. They lose to Brooklyn in the conference finals. Like, yeah, that sucks. But I, I heard a great quote from Peyton Manning on part of my take the, this week. And they asked Peyton Manning about his struggles. And Peyton Manning, you know, obviously it took him a long time to get a Super Bowl. Not a huge Peyton Manning guy, full transparency. But Peyton Manning had had a great comment about that. And he said, look, he basically draws out this hypothetical of like, either you could lose in a last-second game in the conference championship, or you could finish 8-8. Eight and eight and go on a hot streak down the stretch, win your last three games, and you feel good about it. But then when you think about it a couple weeks later, you're gonna realize you're still kind of a bad team. And, and that's kind of it, right? Like, even though you can't win a championship every year, if you're still making conference finals, if you're still being in the mix as one of the best teams in whatever sport we're talking, football, basketball, baseball, you're, you're doing it good. It's good. Like, would you rather have the Brewers, for example, who are playing right now, would you rather the Brewers be middling around 500 and they get hot in September and maybe they, they go above 500 and they have 85 wins? Instead of being the best, one of the best teams in baseball and maybe losing in game six of the NLCS and not making a World Series. You'd rather have the latter every fucking time. Even though it's gonna cause you immense heartbreak and it's gonna cause immense pain, you still would rather have the second option because it's great to enjoy winning and winning is fun and winning makes you happy. But we can't always be happy and we have to understand that things happen for a reason. So just chill out a little bit on everything there are a lot of unhappy fan bases it's not just the bucks right and we and there are fans all over the Wisconsin sports landscape who know who think they know more than the organization that they think they have all of the answers and that they think that they are the ones who can control what the team should and shouldn't do it's i think it's a fault of twitter if we if we're being honest like i think twitter plays a large role in that But I don't think this is something that is new. I mean, before Twitter, we just had people calling in the sports shows and giving their opinions. You know, Bob from Cudahy would give his take on what Brett Favre should do. So like, this isn't anything new. Um, This is something that has existed. And I think it's grown as more and more people have more and more access to different things. So that's where it's not just one team. It's not just the Milwaukee Bucks. And if I had to rank in Wisconsin sports terms, which fan bases act like they know more than the ownership, more than the front office, I still am putting the Packers one. The Bucks are two. I'll uh, spoiler alert, but I, the Bucks are coming up hot on the Green Bay Packers. It's still like everybody thought they had the answer with Aaron Rodgers. Everybody was critical of Brian Gutenkusts you know, kind of sitting on his hands the last few free agencies. Now, Packers didn't really have a lot of money to spend. That was partially the reason. People were critical of Brian Gutekunst for drafting Jordan Love while forgetting he's drafted, you know, other guys that are becoming players. Rashawn Gary looks fucking great, and that would be a hilarious, you know, kind of turnaround. Again, people were really critical of Rashawn Gary. Um, you know, it's okay to criticize ownership. Like, let's also get that clear. It's okay to criticize them, but when it's every fucking move, it's annoying. It's like, why can't, like, if you're still having success, it's not worth criticizing ownership. But if you have like a team like the Pelicans, right? You know, the Pelicans have not been good forever. They have another generational talent in Zion Williamson, and they're fucking that up too. That's, that's when you can be critical and you can be like, what the hell are we doing? Are we really gonna let another premier superstar out of our doors? Like, that's the time to be mad. And unfortunately, there are people who wanna just be mad all the time and there's no teams in Wisconsin to be mad at. Maybe Marquette basketball, but even them, they plug their holes and fixed it and they have a new look on life. No so number 2 is the bucks. And it's crazy that it's that way, but it's always been that way. Bucks Twitter's relentless. Bucks Twitter got Jason Kidd fired, all right? And ever since they got Jason Kidd fired, they think that they can kind of control the narrative. And they don't like the ownership. And I, I don't really blame them. I think Alex Lazare is a huge fucking squid. And he's part of the reason why the Bogdan trade didn't happen. And so I think the vitriol of Bucks fans is related to the Bogdan trade. It's related to the Fire Kid stuff. They feel like they have the conch. And what they don't realize is like Giannis decides on coaches. All right. And I said I've said that a hundred times. And I won't need to say it because Bud's safe for the next two years. Even though. There will be fans, and we talked. Mitch and I talked about this after the championship. There will be fans ready to fire bud after like one or two bad games in October or November. I hope you know that. Like, I really hope you understand that that's going. It's crazy, but that's the that's what we're in. Like, we go back to the Packers. Like Joe Barry, defense, new defensive coordinator. There are gonna be people who want to fire Joe Barry if the Packers give up thirty in in the first month of the season in game. Like that's that's a real thing. And it's like, and maybe it's just coming to the the conclusion. Do fans just suck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what what are we doing? We gotta give it time, man. And thirdly, I will put the Brewers. I had the I had Marquette when I did this tweet. And my guy, Dan Motch, kind of made me think otherwise and said, yeah, do you remember what, how everyone was mad at council on Tuesday? And I, and I remember I was finding some mentions. There was a guy who like, I think I found baseball or the Brewers version of Frank the Tank. If you're not familiar with Frank the Tank uh, from Barstool Sports, uh, Frank is easily the most pessimistic sports fan you'll ever see in your life. You would argue this whole podcast is dedicated to Frank. Uh, but I saw a guy who thought the Brewers are going to collapse, like thinks they're going to miss the playoffs, who thinks Yelich is a bust. There's a lot of that, right? A lot of people mad at Yelich, you thinking Yelich is washed up. Like, So th- I think it's an underground sort of surge of Brewer fans. I don't think you see them as much. I think most Brewer fans right now are pretty content. Uh, but yeah, I think there there is a group of angry fans and they kind of just rise up when you need to. And I think in 162 games, you don't see it that often. But when the playoffs roll around, I think you're going to see that unhappiness. And if, let's say, the Brewers do get to the mountaintop and it's like, all right, who can we bring in to kind of keep this going? Again, they're a small market team. The opportunity is not going to be there. It just, it, it might not be. At, I shouldn't say that, but it. The opportunity might not be to the level of a Yankees, a Red Sox, a Dodgers, you know, Padres. Like, they're they're not going to have that capability like some of the other teams. That's just not there for the Brewers. They're the smallest market. Ananasio, even though I don't buy into all the, hey, we lost a bunch of money, I know that it's hard to make a ton of money back in the smallest market. They don't get the national games, unfortunately. You know, it's belongs to the Mets and Phillies all weekend. I know I've bitched about that, but it's still, it's bothering me. But th- I know why. It's TV markets. I talked to National Media Murph about it the other day, and he's like, yeah, it's in the media markets, dude. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks still. But I, I can't just complain. See, I complain too. Like, I'm not on Mount Pius where it's like, I don't complain. Like, you can look through podcasts and see me bitch about every one of these teams. Maybe not the Badgers because I'm not a, a huge Badger fan. But still, like I I do complain about all of these teams in some facets. So like I'm not better than you. I'm not this. I'm just saying, collectively, I just would like to see us a little more happy and a little more patient as fans. Fourth, I put Marquette there. Um, we'll see what Shaka brings. Again, I think there will be a lot of patience there. I think people will actually, you know, understand that it's year two, year one, year two. I mean, they gave Wojo that buffer, and then people are like, fuck this, this guy sucks. And for good reason. Uh, he was a bad coach. He wasn't, he's a good recruiter, not a great coach. And Wojo just could never really sort of level up. And I think the Hauser relationship and denigrating that and basically leading to Sam moving on to Virginia, Joey to Michigan State. Now Joey, I don't think Joey ever wanted to be here. I'll I'll put it that way. I like Joey. I appreciate his time here at Marquette, but Joey just wanted to follow big bro. Like it was a entourage situation, maybe a little less. Bad example. Trying to think of a, a good pop culture relationship, but yeah, Joey just wanted to follow older bro, all right? And so I don't blame Joey for transferring. And I don't blame Sam for transferring, but I blame Steve Wojcicki for ruining that relationship. And that sucks. Because Sam Houser was a great Marquette player. And I hope he can you know, be honored for his time at Marquette at some point or come back and it not be a big deal. It should be. Big smoothie. <laughs> Shout out. little little Morgan action here on a Friday. But, yeah, I, I don't think Marquette fans complain as much because, A, you have the Shaka stuff, so that'll go away. And then B, as Dan pointed out, um, you know, not a lot of Marquette fans care. And he's right. Like, the diehards, and I don't know if I'd put myself in a diehard. I think I am a semi-diehard. I think I am a habitual diehard. I think I turn it on in, certain, in months when it, it gets intense. Like, Big East season, I'm all in. But some people tuned out. Like the apathy for the Marquette was real. I talked about this last winter that people just were apathetic. They were like, I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. I kind of hate Steve Wojciechowski, but it all doesn't really matter to me. And I think the older fans, definitely. Like I my dad, my dad is a Marquette alum. And I mean, he kind of tuned out on the whole season. He didn't really, he didn't really care that much about the whole year. And then I put Badger fans last. And the reason I put Badger fans last is because I think they just kind of go along with what they are. Like, I think they're, if you're talking about who is the happiest fan base, it might be Badger fans. And I know there are probably some people on like, you don't, you're you not deep in the Badger Twitter. It actually isn't that way. And yeah, there were a lot of people who wanted to fire Greg Gard at certain points. But there, I think that is maybe the one section where it's like they could break off or people who want Greg Gard fired. But Paul Chris, I mean, job for life. People love Paul Chris. People love Badger football. There isn't that frustration with Badger football. They've accepted the fact that they're probably always going to be the bridesmaid, not the bride, because Ohio State's a fucking juggernaut. But now with the new college football playoff, I do think there's going to be that opportunity for Wisconsin to make themselves more of a threat. And we'll see. Maybe that is leads to a little bit of an unhappiness if the Badgers can't get there and they can't make themselves a prominent figure in college football. Although I do think Wisconsin is one and I think the fans can can deal with a down year. Like last year wasn't great for Wisconsin. They didn't really have a running back. Now, I think with Jalen Berger, with Graham Mertz, with so many guys coming back next year, I think this Badger team is gonna be really good. And I think everybody's going to pay, pay a lot closer attention to what Wisconsin can be. And I think it was a weird year with COVID. And I think, I don't think there was apathy with the Badgers, but I I think there was a lot of like, f- I, the, the whole thing was weird, right? It was just a weird fucking year. And I think everybody was okay with that. And it was a little bit of a Mickey Mouse year, full tr- fully, on, full of, you know, it, was, it wasn't the perfect college football season. So I think the fact that we get... A full year of college football will tell us a lot. It sucks Wisconsin has to play Penn State out the gates. Um, but we'll do a little more on the Badgers as we get closer uh, to the season and talk through what you know, strengths and weaknesses and everything like that. But yeah, I, the Badger fans I think are just a lot more happy because I think they know who they are. And I think they have a good understanding of it. And yeah, they they get left at the altar a lot. But they they at least know kind of their role and they're okay with it. And yeah, they wanna, they wanna keep that like level of winning, but I think they, they do. And I think that's why they're able to kind of keep that even keelness about them. If you disagree, like sound off, I'm gonna probably make a Instagram post about this. So I would love to hear like who you think are, you know, the most unhappy fans or the fans who think they know the most in the state of Wisconsin. Moving on to other topics today. So the Giants are in town for a three-game series against the Brewers. The Giants had to come in late, so this actually will play to an advantage of the Brewers. They had a getaway game against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I believe ended around six o'clock our time, so about five o'clock mountain time, flew in. Yeah, so not necessarily, you know, they'll be, you know, in a poor position, but definitely not completely with it. The Giants came all the way back from being down 4-0 pretty much the entire game to win 5-4 in extras. And that kind of speaks to what the Giants are. They are a pesky team. They are a never-say-die team. And that probably should worry Brewer fans, right? Especially with the way the bullpen is right now with all the COVID issues. They definitely are, are going to be up against it. This Giants team keeps coming at you. And the Brewers just need to be ready for it. And no game is over. You know, they need to keep adding runs. And it, they are they are relentless, man. And they do it in a lot of ways. They don't really have a premier player. I guess Buster Posey is that guy. Uh, Buster Posey having a great year, hitting 325, 13 home runs, uh, OBP of four eighteen, uh, OPS Plus of one fifty nine. Like, Buster is a fucking, gr- having a great year. Um, and so that to me is is a guy that obviously you gotta account for. I think he has really good numbers at American Family Field too. Um, he's definitely had a role. Brandon Crawford, I remember Brandon Crawford's first game. I was actually at it. He had a grand slam in that game. Uh, Brandon Crawford having a great year. I believe he was an all-star, 285, 289, 18 homers, OPS plus a 141. I I mean, he's, he's a consummate pro, great defender as well. Um, so the Brewers are going to be up against it this week. This is not going to be a easy weekend for Milwaukee. Um, and trying to transition yourself out of playing, you know, competition like the Pirates, and then you got to face the Giants. I mean, this kind of happened in game one against the Braves, right? Corbin Burns gave up four runs early. And I, I think it was kind of this like, oh shit, I have to change my tune. But the Brewers have shown they've been pretty good against good teams. You know, They took two out of three from the Chicago White Sox a couple weeks ago. They did well against the the Dodgers. They did well against the Padres. The Brewers are built for this. The Brewers aren't afraid in any way. The Brewers aren't going to look like frauds against this Giants team. And I guess the question is, is what can we take away from this series, if anything? I think if it goes well for the Brewers, it just confirms everything I've said about Milwaukee and their ability to be the contender in the NL is that they are able to beat anybody. And that to me would be a clear sign of it. They take two out of three from the Giants. that's, That's an indication that this Brewer team's ready for anything that's thrown at them in October. Now, if they lose two out of three, I'm not gonna freak out It'll be, it'll obviously be dependent on how they lose. Like let's say they lose two out of three and one of it's a bullpen nightmare. I'm going to have a hard time like filing that loss away and saying, all right, that's a real issue because of the COVID stuff. But if Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff get rocked, yeah, I'm going to be a little concerned about that because then it's like, are the Giants going is it going to be an issue playing San Francisco in October? Now they do have another they have a four-game set with San Francisco in the Bay right before Labor Day. So we'll be we'll see how much like what carries over. So we'll have a really good idea of how the Brewers stack up against the San Francisco Giants. Just like we kind of know what they have against the Padres, what they have against the Dodgers. I realize the sample size is not great, and it was April and whatever. But still, I think we know that this Brewers team has shown themselves to not be afraid. And it's the Giants are just so fascinating because they don't have like a young star, like Joey Bart's hanging out in the minors. Joey's a, a catcher and he's like their top prospect. He didn't get traded. They have Chris Bryant. So I guess that is a, a part of of the Giants now, that's a little different, which probably should have got mentioned with Crawford and Posey. But yeah, it, it, it's a lot of older guys. It's you know Crawford, Posey, Donovan Solano, all those guys are 33 plus. Uh, Wilmer Flores, who plays off and on, he's 29. Mike Yastrzemski, who left the hamstring injury, 31. Alex Dickerson, 30. 30. Like they have older guys, and you and same with their pitching staff. Like, it's all kind of besides Logan Webb, who's a I think a, probably a top prospect who's 24, everybody else is in their 30s. And so that to me is kind of wild, right? Like this team is not is not a spring chicken. They're a bunch of guys who are just the right chemistry, the right blend of players. And Gabe Kapler who struggled as a manager in Philly is doing really good things here in San Francisco. And Gabe Kapler obviously revered in Milwaukee. He had a great time with the Brewers. And Craig Council. So Council and Kapler, I'm sure, are friends. And so that, that adds a little special element to this weekend as well. It's a fascinating series. I, I I haven't really like said, all right, I'm glued in to a Brewers series. The White Sox series I was. I watched a good chunk of that series. I don't think I missed many pitches. This is another one. Like usually Friday is a a time for me and my fiance to just kind of hang out, decompress. Like I'm gonna have the Brewers on a screen. Like I don't know where, but it's gonna be on a screen. Cause like I can't, you can't ignore this series. This is a must watch series. This is one you gotta just tell your significant other, male or female, be like, hey, we gotta watch the Brewers this weekend. This is a Brewers heavy series. Uh, especially great measuring stick I'm actually gonna be at Amfam second time this year for the game on Sunday I haven't been to Amfam enough I think with the wedding and every and everything else it's been kind of crazy to get myself out there um, definitely going to make a push post wedding to find myself at more brewer games down the stretch so definitely something i'm going to uh, apply more as the as we get closer and closer to the playoffs which obviously will make it a little harder to get tickets but still um we'll try to uh find myself in the ballpark more often than not lastly just wrapping up with a little training camp stuff uh you know the thing with training camp and family night is you can't get too excited about anything like freaking out about one week of training camp is completely useless. I know there's a lot of hype around certain players and the Packers had their first like big injury. Randy Ramsey uh, has a significant injury. They brought in Chauncey Rivers who played at Georgia. I had some good, good success there. Um, probably makes the call Martin linebacker, uh, crossover even more important uh, it was known that Kamal's going to play a little outside linebacker as well as the middle linebacker so I wonder if Joe Barry kind of has him as this rover as a guy who is going to play all over the field and you know just sort of make it happen from there I, I think that's kind of where they're going um, with with Kamal Martin and definitely look forward to seeing if they're going to do a little bit more with him he's hurt so I don't think you're going to get anything uh, from family night and I know a lot of people don't exactly like Family Night. Um, I, well, I don't know. It used to be that way. I think what happened was so Family Night used to be like an actual scrimmage. It used to be eleven on eleven. You watched it. It was a full out scrimmage. They do like I think three quarters. They you know they obviously rotate guys in all this stuff. And then I don't know if people got hurt. I don't know if it was just a overall decision, but then it became more of a practice and it just became another training camp practice. And it drew kind of like, it was like, ah, not like the old family night, yada, yada. And, but people sometimes miss about family night is it's not for us. Like it's for families. It really is. It's for people who have kids that are very young and maybe can't stay, stick through an entire entire Packer game. It's for people who maybe aren't fortunate enough to afford Packer tickets. It's it's a very expensive experience. And to go to family night, I believe it's $10. So it's, you know, that it's for those people. And it's so they can experience Lambeau Field, just like you and I have been lucky enough to do that. And if you are on the other end and haven't, like, I hope you have that opportunity. And sometimes family night gives you that chance and it gives you that weekend in green bay so to me like family night is something i don't pay a ton of attention to but i also just i i think the people who get mad about it are ridiculous um and i I don't think it's as much anymore i think it's understood now that it's a practice but yeah for a couple of years there it was like oh what's this yada yada so, and then we'll uh, we'll have the first Packer preseason game next week. And there'll be takes from that. And again, I, I I really try hard not to give too many preseason takes because I think preseason is useless. I don't think it's useless. I think it's good for the players. But it's just, it's useless talking about it. Let's just put it that way. And I know people have space to fill. I couldn't believe how many people were excited to watch Steelers-Cowboys yesterday. It's like, are you that obsessed with football? Like, Come on, like it's not like just just take a little time off. All right, we just got done with the NBA finals. Like, yeah, you can turn it on. Yeah, you can keep it keep it on on your screen. But if it's not your team, there's no reason to be just <laughs> spending your Thursday night watching Cowboys Steelers. I guess here's here's the big question: If I was home alone, like if Morgan was gone for the weekend, would I would I've turned on Cowboys Steelers yesterday? Probably not. I I probably would have found a show to watch. Um, that she wouldn't be into, or a movie that she wouldn't be into, or something she's watched that I haven't—that um, to me would probably be be what I would would end up doing because that that feels feels more right, right? Like I I don't necessarily think I would would care about a preseason game. So, and if, also too, if you're gambling on preseason basketball or preseason football or summer league basketball, get out! <laughs> like come on. Come on, guys. That's a little too far, all right. Is that really responsible? I don't. I don't think so. All right, that does it for our show. We are done for a Friday. We will be back Monday. We will recap Brewers Giants. I'm sure we'll have some family family night takes, and who knows what else uh, comes through. Um, we'll see if anything else comes down the wire. Anything else to talk about? And uh, yeah, look, make sure you're reading TabbyTheKeg.com. Uh, tabbingthekegsports.com. Excuse me. I should know my own fucking website. Uh, We will probably have some content as the weekend rolls on. Make sure you're on the socials, uh, tabbing the keg on Twitter, tabbing the keg sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. Uh, We've been trying to do this mini keg thing. It hasn't really been working. Uh, Make sure you check us out. Um, Also, we'll have reviews this weekend as Bruce Giants, like I said. Got to bring the reviews, baby, and the reviews will be happening Uh, whether it be on the feed or in the story, we'll have it all for you. So excited to be connected with you all weekend. And yeah, rate, review, subscribe too. We appreciate that. All right, I'm officially out. See you later. Have a good one. Bye.